Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Pierre Wimmer, who's the CEO of Wimmer Financial, uh, a merchant bank specializing in project and acquisition finance within the natural resources uh, industry, as well as other sectors focusing on project debt, uh, equity financing, um, more so at the BFS and DFF stage or equivalent. Um, Pierre's worked for Goldman Sachs as an executive director earlier in his career um, before setting up Wimmer Financial in 2007. Um, and he's going to discuss uh, the company's journey and their future. Um, Pierre will be speaking at the upcoming Minds and Money Connect conference in London on the 25th and 26th of April um, at the County Hall venue in the heart of Westminster, London. Uh, the two-day programme is a hub for investors and mining companies to have personal one-on-one meetings and listen to market analysis, project spotlights and pitch battles during the action-packed event. So go to the link below in the show notes to uh, book your tickets. So let's move on with the podcast and that's welcome, Peer, to, uh, to this uh, episode. So how are you doing, Peer? Great, thank you. Appreciate your time as well. So as we always start these uh, podcasts off, just wondering if you give us uh, an overview of your, your career, your background, uh, before we got a uh, obviously a series of questions that we would like to ask you. Yeah, no, with pleasure. So I, I studied in the States, uh, up in Boston, and uh, from there ended up joining uh, Goldman Sachs and Wall Street. Uh, so uh, we're there during the late 90s, uh, the exciting boom times and eventually transferred uh, over to London and uh, I ran the Scan- uh, Scandinavian equity business uh, here. Had a couple of other stops, uh, last one at the Man Group, um, $65 billion hedge fund. And then uh, in 2007, uh, on October 4th, uh, the 50th anniversary of Sputnik, I set up uh, Wimmer Financial, my first company. Um, which on day one was literally uh, my mobile phone, my laptop and uh, big hopes and dreams. Uh, That was it. And uh, here we are um, so many years later uh, and many companies later. Today we have uh, we have a a suite of companies. Uh, We have Wimmer Family Office where we do our principal investments and asset allocations. Uh, We have an accounting firm, Wimmer Accounting. Um, We have the merchant banking side and uh, we're in the process of setting up a uh, uh, and an equity uh, long short hedge fund as well in the background. So lots going on uh, at the moment. Certainly haven't been sitting still, um, and it's been a very exciting and uh, delightful uh, journey. Yeah. So just wondering if you can just tell us a little bit more about obviously financial Wimmer as a business. Maybe going to the few different businesses that you've uh, that you've got under underneath the umbrella. Yeah, sure. With pleasure. So uh, when we started up initially, uh, we focused heavily, heavily on mining. Um, so uh, junior, junior mining uh, stocks, effectively. We initially took a very big uh, theme uh, focus on uranium. And uh, when uranium was very low at 40, 45 bucks, and then we, we rode all the way up to uh, 140 bucks on, on that. So that was a very good journey. 
Um, and then we later went into rare earths, uh, went into precious gold and silver. Um, so we've we've followed sort of the various sub themes uh, or, or the cycle and over the years. Obviously, China uh, during the early days of our our corporate life were, was a major contributor, going from sort of five ten percent of global consumption to forty percent of pretty much all minerals. These days, we have a big focus on on precious base metals and battery metals. Um, we do think there's some some excellent uh, drivers there. On the base side of things, I mean, the world needs more base metals, um, copper, nickel, zinc, uh, etc. On the battery side, I mean, there's a serious, serious shortage of, on particularly on the lithium side, um, and anything related to, to the batteries, whether it's manganese or, or graphite, etc. So those uh, those metals have, in our view, very very strong outlook, and and there's a lot to do, and there's a lot of shortage. Basically, um, I think it was Elon Musk who said recently, uh, if you got a lithium mine, you have a license to print money, um, and uh, I think there's something very true about that. Um, so we're we're heavily in that. Uh, we're a bit late stage. We are at typically sort of project finance focused um, BFS DFS stage. So when the when the big box are needed to go into production, uh, that that's usually uh, um, our sweet spot. Or indeed, if companies are in production already and they're looking to take things to the next stage, either through M and A or 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 further financing, then we're usually quite well positioned there. Um, so we continue to be heavily focused there. But we also have other sectors. We do real estate, industrials, and and other sort of hard assets that we understand. Um, but but mining is very much still a, a part of what we do. Yeah, I wonder if you can just highlight or focus on any of the the investments that you've got at the moment with obviously within the mining resources sector. Yeah, sure. I mean, again, we we are very keen on uh, on uh, on lithium in particular. We do think there's a very strong outlook there, so so that's definitely one of our favorite sectors. Um, base metals, copper, copper in particular. Is is a, is a great focus and and with an amazing outlook. I mean, basically, there's there's not enough discoveries, there's not enough big copper projects coming on stream, and the old existing ones are depleting every day. So there there is a deficit, and you do need copper for everything. You need it for global cyclical growth, uh, i.e., construction and such like. You also need it in the battery um, uh, revolution, etc. So. So those those are definitely some of our key areas. Um, in addition to precious gold and silver, which um, seems to be minting lots of money at, at current levels. Um, obviously, you're involved in other sectors as well. Why do you think mining and resources is part of your strategy? Obviously, I know you said you started off in the mining the mining sector, um, but why why do you focus more on probably mining than some of the other sectors? Yeah, well, you can't do everything, and it's difficult to be an expert on, on everything. And just historically, we have uh, focused on and specialized in hard assets, one way or another. So hard asset project financing, and, and that translates into hard asset like real estate, uh, hard asset like industrials, and hard asset like natural resources. Um, that just happens to be an area where we have a lot of expertise and, and focus and have developed that. Uh, what we are not so good at would be everything related to biotech or fintech or deep tech or, or what, what all these things are called. 
so horses for courses uh, and 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 in this day and age uh, life is so specialized that you you got to sort of zoom in on on where you think you can you have the experience and you can add value um so whilst we can add very little value on say the tech side um we can add a lot of value um and financing on on the hard asset side and and obviously natural resources is is, is well understood how the a mining a mine go through its life and life cycle and the same with real estate. Um, so that's what we focus on, and and that's where the whole team is geared up towards. Um, how is mining different in terms of uh, looking to invest in a particular sector? Um, and what are the catalysts that you sort of look for um, that you may not seek out in other sectors when you're looking to invest in the mining industry? Well, first and foremost, we look at it's people, people, people. Um, you can have an excellent management team with a, an average project, um, and you can make you can be sure that they'll make something special out of it, or they might acquire something and bring something else into it. You can also have a very poor management team with a world class asset, and you can be pretty much sure that they'll mess it up. So, people, people, people are absolutely the most important thing. Uh, secondly, obviously, the quality of the asset does matter in, in mining, the, you know, the size of it, the grade, the stage of it, etc. Um, but those are sort of things you can analyze. Um, but one should certainly not underestimate the, the soft side of things. That, 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 is, that is a really important uh, factor. In addition to that, we obviously look at the themes, the big themes and big strokes, uh, because they are important. Um, like I said, particularly on the battery side, that is, I mean, we, we need a lot more of electric vehicles around the world that requires car, uh, batteries. And, and you can translate down to how the OEMs are scrambling at the moment to secure their, their, their graphite, their lithium, their manganese, um, all the various elements, the, the nickels, uh, copper, all the various elements that goes into these batteries. So that is very in, in, important in, indeed. And then finally, I would say, um, obviously, mining in particular is a cyclical sector very much, and, and one should be very much aware of that. So it does go through these these big cycles where sometimes it gets overheated, where the stock prices might be too high or it might not be the right time to buy or things get too frothy. Um, and at other times, uh, you can have very qual high quality assets with quality management teams trading at a very, very deep discount just because it, the sector is on light. So you just got to get the timing right um, and, and look at the look at the cycle. It, it is a cyclical sector very much. Um, obviously, you mentioned you're in real estate, and I imagine many people listen to this podcast, obviously from the mining industry, but also are involved in in real estate, whether they own their own home or whether they might have some investment properties. How is the, the real estate market at the moment? And I know that's a very generic question. Um, and I suppose a lot, obviously a lot of people around listening to this podcast are from around the world. But what would you say or how would you describe the real estate market uh, for now and moving forward? Yeah, so often the past five years, there's in globally, there's been a bit of a surge in capital values and cost of capital is very cheap. Um, you know, you could you could borrow it almost close to zero percent. So you'll be silly not to. In in my native country, Denmark, you could get uh, thirty year money at at one percent. So you'll be silly not to take that. Um, so uh, so the sector has gone through a, a fantastic past five years. Now, with the rise of inflation, rise of interest rates, um, to which the real estate sector is very sensitive, um, it's obviously a, a, a lot more challenging. 
but it doesn't mean there aren't opportunities. You just got to be a lot more selective. So be a, a little bit more conservative. Um, I mean, people still need a home to live in. So here in the UK, for instance, there's a chronic shortage of normal residential homes and apartments. Um, so there are great opportunities here and you can get very good returns in some of those, whether they're big projects or small projects. Um, like you said, some of the mining executives might need to have their own homes and, and, and mortgages and refinancing that are coming up because duration is running out. Um, that's also an area we can we can help out with. We do we do do uh, uh, refinance, mortgage refinance, and, and 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 things like that, as well as large scale project finance, hundred million, two hundred million type of thing. When we look across UK, Europe, and North America, which are the areas we mainly cover on the real estate side, we do find uh, Portugal and Spain in particular being uh, very attractive at the moment. Uh, Portugal in particular has very very strong supply demand dynamics and. And, uh, and the, the market is actually super healthy uh, because lots of people are moving there to retire. Uh, even though they cancelled the golden visa, there still is a lot of people coming from Brazil, America, UK, Europe, etc. So lots of great opportunities. And uh, I've recently taken a, a stake in a developer or a development project uh, down there precisely for that reason. It, the, the dynamics are just fantastic. In Spain, there's an undersupply of uh, debt financing in the real estate space, so that's an area we focus a lot on. But even here in the UK, there, there still is lots, lots to lots to be done. Um, so, so we are we are very active, um, but you got to know what you're doing, and the level, the bar is a bit higher these days because the cost of capital has gone up, and that means the return profile has to, uh, you know, make that cut, as as it were. I just want to move slightly off. Uh, mining for the moment um, and obviously uh, doing some research before uh, recording this podcast um, you're expected to be the, the first private dame in space as a founding national on Virgin uh, Galactic um, I wonder if you can just tell us a little bit more about that yeah sure so apart from mining and the business side of things um, I'm also an adventurer uh, and uh and a future astronaut. So yes, uh, my plan is to go to space next year. Um, I uh, I am a founding astronaut with Richard Branson's Galactic. Uh, I signed up uh, uh, almost two decades ago and uh, have been involved in private space. Uh, I mean, in fact, I, I was the very first private European to buy a, a ticket to space back in 2000. So I started my training all the way back then. I was in a launch pad when Dennis Tito, the very first person, uh, took off. Uh, from Kazakhstan in 2001, uh, waved him goodbye and wished him a good trip um, and started doing my training there. I've been flying a Russian MiG fighter jet as part of my space training. I've sit in the centrifuge in both uh, Russia and in, in the US, uh, spinning around and preparing myself for, for space. And I guess my, my claim to fame to date pre-going to space uh, was in 2008 uh, when I did the world's first skydive over Mount Everest. Um, so that was that was quite exciting, a little bit scary. Um, we looked into climbing Everest, thought it was a bit uh, too dangerous and a little bit too much Russian roulette. Um, and, and also a lot of people are doing it. So it, it's little, perhaps a little bit less special these days. Um, but came up with the idea, if we can't do it bottom up, let's do it top down. And um, and yeah, that led to a world's first. Um, so that's my claim to claim to fame in that regard. But uh, on the space front, we are getting ready. Um, we're doing the final testing on the vehicle at the moment, and uh, it's all going well. And 
the plan would be that uh, once those testings are done, we're going to go into commercial operations and and uh, sometime next year um, I'll fly and I'll become an astronaut. No, look and look forward look forward to that uh, that time when the when you are just about to uh, leave. Uh, I'll certainly be uh, watching that as well. Um, you've also written a few books. Um, Wall Street, The Green Bubble, and and I know you've recently uh, released uh, an, another book as well. So I just wanted to just uh, give our audience an overview of of the books that you've uh, currently written, and I know you're looking to uh, uh, produce another book also. Yeah, sure, with pleasure. My first book uh, was was about the future of European integration. I published it in French. Uh, I had a, a I, I had a, a time at in the cabinet of the vice president of the European Commission, and uh, obviously had a lot of practical observations from there. And, and educationally, I studied European political science, so I thought it was good to combine those things, come up with the various models of integration, and uh, put it out in a book format. And and and. To it, for it to be a good challenge, it was published in French, um, which was difficult as it turned out, but uh, we got there in the end. My second book um, was published in 2011-12, and that was uh, it was called Wall Street. And whilst uh, it te- it technically was a book about finance, and it was it was actually more of a book about psychology, and specifically about why we don't learn as a financial community. Uh, to avoid these bubbles, like the dot-com bubble, uh, the credit boom and bust bubble, etc. Um, so it was a sort of a, a way to understand what goes on and how come these bubbles keep keep emerging. And in the last chapter, I talked about future bubbles, uh, uh, specifically the tech bubble and the green uh, green bubble. Tech bubble we have seen, and that's now bursting uh, pretty heavily, as we've seen through NASDAQ last year and uh, and, and continue this year, uh, ask any VC fund manager and they'll tell you about uh, it's a life is a lot tougher. But I also mentioned uh, something about the green bubble and that was picked out about uh, picked up by a, a publisher who said, can you actually write a book about this? This is really interesting. Uh, and so I did, because five, six years ago, pol- policymakers were almost religious about green. As long as it's green, um, we got to throw money at it, whether it's commercially viable or not. The tagline of my book is for green energy to be truly sustainable, it must be commercially sustainable. So it's kind of an economic analysis on various policy areas where we should support uh, wind, solar, etc., and areas where we shouldn't. So it's separate uh, these two things into two different groups and therefore becomes a very helpful policy making tool to what works in the in the short to medium term and what doesn't. Um, and that really got a great uh, reception in Sweden, in Denmark, and 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 here in the UK. Um, and um, yeah, it's available on Amazon. My next book, um, which is coming out uh, in the next few months, uh, is called "The Sky Is No Limit," and it's actually volume one of my autobiography. So uh, there's a chance to learn about the full story from uh, early days up till up till sort of halfway and um and then next year i'll pu- I'll publish volume volume two which will be called above the sky and it, it will have uh, some other adventures and great entrepreneurial stories in in there so uh, so yeah those will be my next two books uh in uh, that, that are heavily in the making um the, the sky is no limit like i said is is, is almost done and will be publishing in then probably in may june this year Great. We can uh, we can include some of those books in our show notes, so people can uh, 
um, have easy access to purchase them. Um, you mentioned, obviously, your interest in politics. And at the, at the moment, there seems to be quite a lot of in, instability around the world with various governments. Um, what's your take What's your take on everything that's happened more recently? And I suppose, how do you see the future playing out over the, the remaining uh, the remaining course of this year and next year? Yeah, we, I have become a lot more concerned about geopolitics. Um, we, we came from an area of, of relative stability and global globalization, global collaboration. To now, where it seems like the world is polarizing more and more, you got obviously Russia, China, uh, teaming up uh, versus the Western world, uh, sort of in broad strokes. Um, but you even also have more regional conflicts and stuff. So the world has gotten more national, gotten more uh, divided up into blocks. Um, uh, very sadly, um, so it's 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 going in the wrong direction. Unfortunately, with Putting up barriers to trade and 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 and, and, and politics, so life is not getting easier, and that also translates into economic assessment of, of projects because you've got to take politics into account to a much larger degree. We've always looked at politics. I mean, when you look at mining projects in Africa, uh, there are some weak states for sure, and and politics is a part of it. But it's usually been limited to that particular leadership or that particular country. Now you have these big geo, geo uh, political uh, aspects. You also have to take into account um, with with barriers being put up. Um, take the invasion uh, by Russia of Ukraine and and all the implication that has on on the energy market. Uh, this is transformational. It's, it's it's really really important. So economics are one thing, and and project quality is another thing. Geopolitics has now suddenly become a, a big factor as well, depending on where you're looking at projects. So certainly a very important aspect. A few more questions. Um, how do you see the outlook for the mining industry over the next, well, three to five years, say, for instance, and even beyond? I, I think mining uh, has a very positive and, and bullish outlook. Uh, we are going to need more minerals. Um, it is getting harder to find, uh, certainly some of them. So uh, we are going to need more capex. It is it is going to cost more to extract. There will be more focus on the environmental side of things. Uh, that that definitely comes up again and again. Uh, but fundamentally, there's an enormous appetite and an enormous demand out there, particularly in the battery space. Um, if you just do the economics one hundred and one analysis on supply and demand uh, and estimates from uh, car makers, uh, how much they need, battery storage, uh, and and other things. Um, it's not difficult to predict that there's a huge um, need and demand, and 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 the mining industry is sort of trying to catch up. Uh, and in the meantime, the prices are very high. So uh, these mines uh, are likely to be very profitable. Payback time is likely to be very short. Um, so uh, there's a great opportunity. So I'm I'm actually very positive for the outlook for the mining industry for the next three to five years. Beyond that, let's see what happens. It is a cyclical industry. Things go up and down. So difficult to predict the, the long, long term. But certainly on the three to five year basis, uh, very positive. Um, you're going to be speaking at the uh, upcoming Minds Money Connect uh, conference. 
uh, in London on the 25th and 26th of April, which is in uh, probably about three or four weeks' time. Um, what is your talk going to be about? We'll talk about some of these uh, themes, uh, particularly on the battery side uh, that, that we see. We'll get a little bit more flesh, uh, meat to the bone, if you like, in terms of numbers. Um, but it will be about the the outlook, the the, the broad strokes uh, for the mining industry, the opportunities, our focus areas where we think there are great opportunities. Also, some of the concerns. I mean, some of the things to be aware of um, as a mining company, things to avoid. Uh, things not to do, et cetera. Um, so hopefully we'll give a, a little bit of advice to fellow investors and, and to mining executives on, on, on how to navigate this. Uh, but fundamentally, it will be a positive um, input about the positive outlook for the mining sector. And lastly, as a conclusion, uh, what's the outlook for, the, for Wilmer Financial? Um, I think very positive. We are, we're super busy at the moment. We're, uh, we've, we've just hired a, hired some more people, and uh, so we're we're expanding, and and broadening our scope here. So uh, we, honestly, we're 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 super busy, and uh, and I think we're uh, we also have a very positive outlook attached to us. So um, fingers crossed. Great to hear. Really appreciate your time, Pierre. Thank you for coming on uh, the podcast to uh, obviously share your um information and your wisdom especially around obviously the mining industry and also um really wish you well um i mean we'll speak before then but I wish you well on your um um space journey um very very interesting and intriguing to see how that how that develops um if our audience wants to reach out to you if they have any questions they want to follow your journey buy some of your books um how can they go about doing that yeah, if, if if you want to, if people want to purchase some of the books, they're available on Amazon. Uh, both the historic books, uh, but also my upcoming book, "The Sky's No Limits," is actually available for pre-order on Amazon. Uh, so very simply, just go in on Amazon. Um, and um, if those who want to talk to me about other things, mining projects, etc., just reach out to uh, via our website, wimmerfinancial.com. Uh, there's email address there, info at wimmerfinancial.com. Send it through there. And, We'll pick it up and uh, initiate the dialogue. Yep. We'll include those in the show notes to come in this podcast as well. Um, and obviously link to the, the books as well. Um, so uh, for obviously easy access. Uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you for those that are listening. Um, very enjoyable episode. Um, a little bit outside of mining also, um, which is obviously uh, good, to, good to listen to. And um, I hope some of you listening will follow uh, Piers' journey, especially uh, going into space. If you've obviously got any questions that you want to ask him, feel free to uh, drop him a line also. Appreciate your continued support. Please keep sharing uh, the, this episode and other episodes and the podcast to others within the mining industry, but also others, other people that you know outside of the mining industry, um, especially this uh, episode, because it, we didn't just cover mining, we did look at uh, politics also. So, um, Appreciate your continued support. And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.